This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Draft is about six weeks away. NFL Free Agency is in high gear. The first pick of the NFL Draft has already been traded from the Chicago Bears to the Carolina Panthers. Things are happening throughout the NFL and the NFL Draft process. And here at Saturday, Sunday, we are covering it wire to wire. If you missed last week, we put out four instant reaction combine podcast going through every single day instant reactions to guys that help their stock hurt their stock surprise testing numbers who look good in the positional drills and now we turn our attention to our tier buster series where we go through in the next four episodes and deliver our 2023 quarterback tiers, running back tiers, wide receiver tiers, and tight end tiers. Historically, we had done this before the combine, but now with the combine getting pushed back a little bit, it just made more sense to do it after the combine, kind of help use the combine to help sort some stuff out. Uh, And then these will be the shows that will kind of take us through the rest of March. Then as we go into the April month, we will have great guests leading us right up until draft weekend. Uh, where we will have wire-to-wire coverage as well. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with the 2023 quarterback tiers. And let's just remind folks that these tiers have been created exclusively for Saturday to Sunday. We spend time trying to break down what how we rank them in these tiers. So just to revisit it, and I will also share this uh, on the, the YouTube as well for people who are watching there. Uh, let me just set this up. So what you see right here is our positional tiers at the quarterback position. Our tier one is made up of guys that we think are going to be selected in the first round of the NFL draft. And then we have the fantasy component where we think they're going to be late round one or early round two dynasty rookie picks in one quarterback leagues. Obviously, the size of the league impacts a little bit. And then we think these are round one dynasty rookie picks in super flex or two quarterback leagues. We know many quarterbacks get pushed up the board. These are guys that we consider potential franchise quarterbacks or the NFL deems these guys potential franchise quarterbacks. And the ETA in terms of these guys starting is either right off the bat or at the latest, the beginning of year two, basically like the Patrick Mahomes model. Our tier two is guys that we think are round two to three. So day two NFL draft selections. We think they're mid to late round dynasty rookie picks in one quarterback leagues. We think in super flex or two quarterback leagues, these guys could be round two or round three dynasty rookie picks. We think they have starter potential or high end backup or spot starter. So a player you can win with, but lacks consistency. So, you know, maybe the way the Texans looked at Davis Mills, right? As a guy they think could be a high end backup spot starter, maybe a low end starter. Player you can win with, but lacks consistency. Not a franchise guy. Guy you're still going to be searching for the next guy. Uh, last year, we saw a bunch of guys in the NFL draft get taken there, right? Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, uh, you know, Malik, Malik Willis. So all these guys, you know, it looks like Desmond Ritter is going to get a chance. 
you know, Malik Willis struggled this year passing the ball. You know, Matt Corral, Carolina's looking to move on after their big move. Uh, so that these are the guys that kind of fit in that world. Tier three are round four to round six NFL guys. So these are guys that we think are watch list, you know, in one quarterback dynasty leagues. They're late round dynasty rookie picks and maybe super flex or two quarterback leagues where every young quarterback gets kind of drafted and stashed away. These are developmental quarterbacks that may have a chance to start in a few years down the line, but most likely will develop into backup or third string type developmental quarterbacks. And then tier four is guys that we consider maybe seventh round or UDFA selections, practice squad or third string quarterbacks, limited or guys that we had limited exposure to, uh, and the ranks indicate our initial impressions. So those are the kind of quarterback tiers here that we're looking at. So let's get right back to... uh, Tier one, who makes up my tier one, my rankings inside of tier one. So for me, tier one is very clearly uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama, CJ Stroud out of Ohio State, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, and Will Levis out of Kentucky. That is the way I have it. Now, if it was my own uh, exclusive rankings, I would probably have Will Levis in tier two because I think he's more of an early round two type guy. But this also takes into account what we think the NFL is going to do and how they're going to value him. so I think he's close enough for me that I, I, I put him at the bottom of tier one. Uh, but for me, it's still Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and then Will Levis. To me, Young is the top guy for me. His ability to solve problems, his ability to navigate the pocket, be that problem solver, point guard type player. I just see Bryce Young, even at his size and frame limitations, to be able to be that distributor at the next level. Uh, and make things happen with his ability to process uh, and understand going for progressions, buying time in and and out of the pocket, ability to throw from multiple arm levels. I think there's more untapped athleticism and upside that he just didn't even have to use at Alabama that he could use at the next level. So he's my number one inside my tier one. Then it's CJ Stroud. Uh, That Georgia game continues to resonate. How good he looked at the combine continues to resonate. The gap between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have closed since like the middle of the season or before the season. And I think that was because CJ Stroud showed a lot in that Georgia game, maybe more than we thought he had in his arsenal of tools and his tool belt. And I think there's more athleticism and upside there. I think there's more playing off structure or off script than maybe we gave him credit for. So he's my number two. Great throwing session. The ball placement, the accuracy, top notch from C.J. Stroud. More of the prototypical size. If I was a betting man right now, I would say I think C.J. Stroud's going to be the first pick for the Panthers over Bryce Young after their big trade up. Anthony Richardson then in there. He's obviously the wild card. I will continue to say his ceiling is higher than anybody. Uh you know, he's a definition of a guy who, you know, could hit it big or can struggle to, but I think he's more advanced than a guy like Malik Willis. I think, you know, he's not as experienced as a guy like Jalen Hurts was coming out, but I think Anthony Richardson uh, has shown more coming out than Jalen Hurts did. Now, Jalen Hurts quickly developed and refined at the next level. We're not sure. Anthony Richardson is very raw, inexperienced, not started a lot of games, but I still think the ceiling is sky high. I think Young, Stroud, Richardson are all going in like the top five to seven picks. I think Ed Will Levis in there, he'll be gone the first 10 picks or so. So I think all four of them are going. I think Levis is the one who I have the most question marks about. Uh, to me, there's nothing that Levis has that Richardson doesn't. And I think Richardson is more athletic with a better arm, more creative playmaking ability. So that's why Richardson clearly number three for me, followed by Will Levis at four. Tier two, remember, those are guys that we think could be starters 
if not high-end backups or spot starters, and these are guys that we think are day two draft picks in terms of the NFL draft. I only have one name in there, and that's Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. And I think if it wasn't for the age and if it wasn't for uh, the injuries in the past and this most recent one, I think he would very much be in the bottom of tier one right there with Will Levis, maybe even ahead of Will Levis, because that's how much I like Hendon Hooker. Obviously, the scheme he played in Tennessee, you know, left a lot to be desired in terms of his ability uh, to to handle NFL caliber problems. But in terms of the scheme he was asked to run, he was very prolific, good accuracy, good ball placement, showed the ability to push the ball vertically down the field, great size and frame, you know, tough to bring down, you know, good runner that could pick up yards, you know, as a runner. Tough to take down, good competitive toughness, lot to like about Hendon Hooker. He's my only guy in tier two. He's my locked in guy. I still think if I was a fan of a team that needed a starting quarterback, I would roll the dice on Hendon Hooker in the early to mid portion of round two uh, because I really do, I really am intrigued with the upside that he brings. If I take this to tier three, so remember, those are guys that we think could be drafted in rounds four through six. Uh, guys that we think could develop into backup quarterback type players. I have Jerron Hall out of BYU in this tier, Tanner McGee out of Stanford, Jake Kaner out of Fresno State, Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue, Stetson Bennett out of Georgia, Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA, and Max Dugan out of TCU. On just the film alone, Jerron Hall clearly stands out for me above the rest. Uh, for a guy his size and frame, I really like the arm talent. He can push the ball vertically down the field. I love the touch and anticipation throws that he throws with. He can he can put it in tight windows. I like the athleticism, the dual threat ability. To me, he reminds me of like his play style in college. Play style in college reminds me a little bit of, of Russell Wilson in terms of how Russell Wilson was successful at the NFL level. Uh, I think he plays similarly in terms of just the general play style. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the pre-draft process hasn't been one where he's kind of had momentum build. Like I was hoping at the senior bowl. So I think he's ticketed somewhere on day three, but he's the one that offers the most intrigue. I can see Jake Hayner or Aiden O'Connell, uh, two guys that I think, you know, they'll, they'll do what you're asked for. They don't have big time arms, but they can get the ball where it needs to be. They have average arm talent. They're good at, they have accuracy, uh, and ball placement, I think teams are going to be interested. They're going to look at a guy like Brock Purdy last year, and they're going to say, couldn't a guy like Jake Hayner or, or Aiden O'Connell or Stetson Bennett, could, could one of these guys be like that? Stetson Bennett, obviously a little bit of an older prospect, but he showed better arm talent at the combine than I think I gave him credit for. We know he's an athletic player. Uh, so there's definitely some similarities between a guy like Bennett and a guy like Brock Purdy. We know the success Stetson Bennett had at college. Uh, he's got this personality about him. So I think guys like Hayner, O'Connell, and Bennett are going to be interesting round four through round six guys that teams I think are going to look at as quality potential backup candidates. And and let's see what happens with these guys. Can they come in, you know, and, and keep the offense moving similar to what Brock Purdy was able to do in San Francisco? I think people are going to look at Hayner, O'Connell, and Bennett and think they can do that. Uh at the back end of this tier, Doran Thompson-Robinson and Max Dugan. I'm higher on Doran Thompson-Robinson. The athleticism, the ability to extend plays, to make things happen with his legs, but also have the arm talent, former five-star recruit. Uh, I thought Thompson Robinson, uh, Thompson, Doran Thompson-Robinson looked pretty good at the combine in terms of his rowing. Uh, so I thought that was a win for him. And obviously we know he's very athletic. So this tier, I think there could be some movement as I still get to watch some more film from these guys. 
I think sorting out Hall, McGee, Hayner, O'Connell, Bennett, Duran Thompson, Robinson, and Dugan is still a work in progress. I kind of expect Max Dugan to stay towards the bottom, but I think those other guys, I like Hall the best, but in terms of McGee, Hayner, O'Connell, Bennett, and, and DTR, I could see me moving those around a little bit as I get to circle back and watch some more film on these guys. And then in my last tier, my tier four guys who I think could be seventh round draft picks or priority free agents. I have Malik Cunningham out of Louisville, a guy, really good athlete. I could see a team taking a shot on him in round seven or being one of the first guys in terms of priority free agents. Uh, Clayton Toon out of Houston, Tyson Badgen out of Shepard, Sean Clifford out of Penn State, and Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota. I think the guy who, the two guys who have intrigued me the most from that tier, Malik Cunningham and Clayton Toon. Could they maybe be pushed up and go in round six? I think they could. I don't, I don't think it's likely. I think Cunningham, in terms of the athleticism and upside, I think that could intrigue some teams for sure. Clayton Toon, I think if you're looking for a guy just, you know, to kind of run a spread offense, you know, backup caliber player, I think that could be Clayton Toon. Some people might have him in the other tier right there with guys like Jake Hayner and Aiden O'Connell and Setson Bennett. I'm not as high on Toon. I'd rather those guys kind of keep them in their own separate tier. And then I had Clayton Toon down there at the bottom. Usually when we're talking tiers, I like to talk about like guys who could jump up and, and, and elevate to a different tier. Well, I think in this case, you're not going to see Hendon Hooker do that because of the age and the injury concern. And I don't think you're going to see Will Levis fall out of tier one. I think he's locked into going in round one, possibly top 10. Nobody in tier three from that Jaron Hall, McGee, Hayner, O'Connell, Bennett, Thompson, Robinson, Duggan group. I don't think I'd put any of those guys to jump up to tier two, which would make them like day two type prospects. I think they're ticketed right. And then, you know, like I said, the last year, maybe Malik Cunningham or Clayton Toon could jump up and maybe go in somewhere around five or round six. But I think those are guys that should be more round seven or priority free agents. I think the biggest question that still looms around the quarterbacks is the top of the quarterback board. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I think, you know, based on, you know, how you want to view it. If you're looking for upside, I think Anthony Richardson's your guy. I think if you want the safest, it's probably CJ Stroud because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the size and frame concerns. He doesn't have the concerns of, of Anthony Richardson in terms of, you know, experience and ball placement and accuracy and some inconsistencies that we see at times. And then, you know, obviously Bryce Young with the size and frame concerns. I think CJ Stroud's the safest. I think Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling, but I'm most intrigued with Bryce Young because of what he's put on film in terms of his college days and also just his ability to be a problem solver, to be a creator. I think that is what keeps Bryce Young atop my tier one rankings. So quarterback tiers in the books. Next episode, we will shift to running backs. But since the quarterback tiers were pretty quick to go through, let's talk a little bit about some of the big ticket items that have happened in the NFL since, you know, we recorded the instant reaction combine pods. Obviously the big one is the trade Chicago bears moving back with the Carolina Panthers moving up uh, first round pick this year, first round pick next year, second round pick, pick another pick the year after in 2025. And then DJ Moore. This trade was a grand slam for the Carol, uh, for the Chicago Bears. I mean, the fact that they were able to get that package, uh, and then on top of it, DJ Moore was sets up this franchise now to basically put 
the entire supporting cast they need around Justin Fields. And then if, if Justin Fields isn't the long-term answer, still have the draft capital manipulate and move around in future draft classes as well. So I think it was a masterful job by the Chicago Bears. I think getting ahead of it and doing it earlier than later was a better move for them. It now lets them really target in on the guys who could be available for their pick, whether they want one of the top offensive linemen, whether they you know, are going to do their due diligence and maybe Jalen Carter, the guy that people thought if they stayed at one they could take, maybe he falls into their lap and they get arguably the best prospect in the draft who obviously is going through some uh, you know, there's legitimate question marks surrounding him at the moment. Uh, for Carolina, I think it was a little bit of an overpay. To me, the, the price that they gave up was more of a price you would give up if the prospect that, you know, was going to be first was Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or next year with Caleb Williams. So I thought it was a little bit of an overpay uh, for Carolina. But listen, I get it. They've, they need a quarterback. Uh, Frank Reich is going to take over there, obviously, this year. You know, he's a guy who's, who's done well with quarterbacks. My guess is they clearly have a guy they want. They were aggressive in going to get him. They weren't going to let DJ Moore be the reason why they didn't get the deal done. They'll go out and, and upgrade the wide receivers, you know, over the next, you know, year or two and get the guys there they need. But they think if they get the quarterback right, everything else will start to come in place. So I, I'll never... I'll never completely destroy a team for going after a quarterback that they deem worthy. So the Panthers saw an opportunity, uh, you know, and, and they look at other teams. They look at Houston at picking at two and, you know, the Colts picking at four and other teams maybe looking to trade up. And, you know, so they were aggressive in making sure they got somebody, got their guy this year. So I applaud them for the aggressiveness. I think it was a little bit of a reach because I just don't, I'm not sold that every, any of these quarterbacks are clearly the guy in terms of, the, the guy that I'd want to go all the way up to one for. And I just don't know what the ceiling is. I think they could be good players, maybe very good, but can they be great? Can they be guys that can be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you know, or Joe Burrow in, in a big moment in the playoffs? I think that's to be determined. You know, I don't think we're, no one's using words like great or generational for these quarterbacks. Like they've got, like they did for Trevor Lawrence, like they did, you know, like they will be doing for Caleb Williams next year, or like they did for Andrew Luck. So I think, I think that's something uh that that's interesting so we'll see i think the next real interesting piece is what does arizona do at three i'd be stunned if they made that pick we know carolina's taking a quarterback we know the texans at two are taking a quarterback and then it becomes okay what is the team at three doing do they go quarterback do they go you know you know obviously the cardinals are probably going to take will anderson uh but that's going to be a, a a spot that other teams are going to want to get up to leapfrog the Colts, or maybe the Colts want to come up one pick and make sure they get their guy and nobody leapfrogs them. So I think it's a really interesting dynamic that the first trades in the books. Now let's see what Arizona is going to do there uh, at pick three. I think kind of will set the stage for how the rest of the top 10 could play itself out. Obviously free agency, a lot of movement. Aaron Rodgers is probably heading to New York. If they can work out compensation, uh, you know, big name players are moving all over the place. Darren Waller was traded to the Giants. You know, Jacoby Myers is in Vegas now. Juju Smith is in New England. Miles Sanders is in Carolina. Uh, Rashad Penny is in Philadelphia. You know, a lot of movement, a lot of shaking. We will do a free agent recap show in terms of real life dynasty and draft implications once the dust settles. We're only in a couple days into free agency. A lot of still names and things that kind of got to be sorted and settled. 
So we'll kind of run through our tier buster shows first. Then maybe we'll do a free agent recap and impact show uh, once the dust settles a little bit with the first week or two of free agency. Guys, if you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website. S2Sfootball.com is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out our premium content tab for $9.99. You get access to all of our premium notebooks. You get the scouting notebook. You get the rankings notebook. You get the draft projections notebook in April. It is the best way to support the show and to help us to continue to do what we are doing here. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Tier Buster series. Running backs up next. And I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.